Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Creative Kindergarten Podcast. My name is Amanda, and this is the book club episodes where I'm reading literacy foundations for English learners, and I'm sharing my thoughts, ideas, and learning after reading each chapter. This week's episode is going to focus on chapter six, reading fluency among English learners. My first thoughts when reading this chapter was that fluency is not necessarily something that I've ever really thought about when I've been teaching kindergarten. I know that it's an important skill to develop with kindergarten students. I know that to be a good reader and to develop comprehension, we do need to have fluency when we're reading. You know, if we're starting and stopping and not reading in appropriate chunks, you know, we're going to forget the start of a sentence before we ever get to the end. And then we're just not going to have the proper comprehension skills to be able to understand what we're reading. Uh, What this book helped me to understand even outside the context of English learners was that fluency instruction is not necessarily the aim. Instead, what we are doing is in kindergarten establishing those strong foundational skills that students will need in order to be fluent readers as they continue um, through, to progress in their reading skills. So we want to make sure we're teaching those letters and sound. We're teaching phonological awareness. We're teaching them explicit vocabulary instruction and also, you know, starting to embed that more morphological knowledge that students will need in order to progress throughout the years. Um, that was on page 94 of the book in case you're looking for that part of um, what I'm talking about. So we also want to develop all those skills as well as oral language. So all of the things that the book has been talking about leading up to this chapter on fluency really um, kind of lays that foundation so that students can become fluent readers. Because if students don't have, you know, all of those skills, they will not be able to read fluently. So if your students are having trouble reading with fluency in later years, what you're going to need to do is go and figure out, you know, which one of those pillars that we've been teaching, you know, is is lacking or is not as strongly built as some of the other things as well. So I really like that this chapter kind of came back around and really talked about all those foundational skills. And within the context of kindergarten, you know, my kindergarten, my five, six-year-olds might not be reading fluently by the end of the school year, but I can make sure that I am assessing their knowledge and all of those foundational skills, assessing their abilities to, you know, um, have letters of letters and sound knowledge, their phonological awareness, and develop their vocabulary so that, you know, eventually they are able to read fluently. So I really like that. And they also talked about different things that you know, will help English learners. But I really felt like this chapter was just, you know, aimed at kindergarten students in general, basically, like, none of this was specific to what I would do only for English learners. I really think that all of this would work for my whole classroom as well. And so it really made me think about that in the context of, you know, all of the learners that I have in my year one and year two class, which could be, you know, anywhere from three years old to six years old at the end of the year, because it's a two year program. Um, So I really like that. 
And I also love that they talk that it has to be, you know, explicit, like fluency structure has to be explicit and systematic. Like we have to teach all of the skills that students need to read very explicitly and systematically so that they build really strong foundations. And I think that this is something that is coming out more and more and something that I've been thinking about a lot in the context of our Ontario um, kindergarten program. I'm trying to think back and remember how much I've talked about the Ontario kindergarten program um, on these podcast episodes. But there has been a lot of misconceptions, I think, over the years around a play-based program where we as educators were kind of skewing too far into the play of the play-based program. Like, do not get me wrong. Play is a huge vehicle for learning for our students. But we also have to have kind of um, a perspective where we have to have that explicit and systematic instruction in literacy skills and other skills as well. But because we're talking about um, literacy instruction for this book, I'm thinking about in the context of that where we do really need to be explicitly teaching these things to our students in order to build fluent readers, which is like the end game, right? We want to have students that can read fluently and have like and comprehend the text that they're reading because right now we're teaching students how to read but eventually students are going to have to be able to read to learn and so um, having a clear understanding of how to build those skills is so important in the early years that I really think that it was kind of lost with our play-based Ontario program, um, the curriculum document that we have. And I really wanted to, while I was reading this, really come back and center that as well in my own teaching practices and making sure that I continue to provide that instruction for my students. Not only, I know this is about English learners, but not only for them, but for everybody as well. Um, I love that they gave us um, repeated oral readings as one of the strategies. And I love using decodable texts. This was on page 95. Decodable texts in my classroom um, for whole group and small group lessons. And one of the things that they talk about is vocabulary and vocabulary being pre-taught, especially for EL students. And it literally changed my practice like the next day after I read this section. Um, I feel like now that I'm thinking about it, really like pre-teaching vocabulary, like, yeah, of course I should be pre-teaching vocabulary. Like, why wouldn't I be? But for whatever reason, I hadn't really thought about it. And um, we were reading a book um, with not even just my EL students, but I was reading a book. It was one of our decodable books. It's the second book in the program and it's called Tom at the Dam or something like that. And it talks about fishing, like the book is about fishing for cod at a dam. And I was, so many of my students were having trouble reading this book even after repeatedly reading the book they were constantly getting stuck on words like damn and cod so they could not read the book fluently because cod and damn they were just getting stuck on and I was trying to figure out like the why behind this happening like why couldn't this stick in their brains why is there why are they having such a hard time with these two words and I realized they have no idea what a damn is they have no idea what a cod is so what I was started to do before starting to read that book, 
I took out my iPad and I showed them what a dam looks like and I explained to them why fishing at a dam would be really great because, you know, the fish get stuck at the top of the dam or the opening or the closing wherever at the dam and it forms like a big lake and these fish kind of just stay there and they end up getting really big so a lot of people like to fish at a dam and the fish that they're catching at this dam in this book is called a cod and then I would pull up a picture of a cod and show it to them all of a sudden all of my students can easily read this book and it's becoming more fluent I'm not saying every kid became fluent with reading the book but it just that vocabulary connection and explaining the reasoning behind you know the dam and explaining what a cod is building that understanding in their brain of the vocabulary, all of a sudden they were able to map that word so much easier and it was able to stick in their brain. So pre-teaching the vocabulary, super important. I also have um, in my classroom, I think they're from learning resources, but it came in a kit and there is CVC words on one side and then you flip the the, the little card over and then has a picture of what the CVC word is. So if it says map, on the front, if you flip it over, there's a picture of a map on the back. And so I started using those with the EL student, one of my EL students in the classroom. And so not only is she working on her decoding skills, once she reads it, she's able to flip it over and then make that connection and be able to say, oh, this is what it is in her um, first language. And so building those, you know, synapses, those connections in the brain around, around vocabulary, but also teaching her the decoding skills and practicing those decoding skills in the classroom is really important. So I like that I was able to tie the vocabulary in with the decoding practice as well. And this chapter was just kind of make me kind of making me think about that um, in a new way and trying to make me think about how that would work in my classroom so that all my students could be successful, um, not even just now in my classroom, but also as they continue to learn more about reading and as they progress through the, their school um, their uh, school years as well. One of the key points though that they did make on page 103 that I thought was, I highlighted and wanted to make sure I pointed out was that this is a quote from the book that students can read English fluently with a native language accent. And this was um, also repeated in a recent professional development session that I just went to. We, as educators, we don't correct accents. The students, as long as they are understanding what they are reading, that's reading fluently. Like we are not going to correct their accents um, in our classroom. As long as they are reading English fluently, they can, they, and they have an accent, that's perfectly okay. We do not correct accent, accent at all. And um, the other part was uh, on page 105 that they said that our, as educators, our sole focus should not be on improving fluency. Rather, we should target the skills needed for students to become fluent readers. And I touched on this at the beginning of the podcast episode where I started talking about, you know, those funded foundational skills that we need to target so if we're noticing that students are not reading fluently, and this would be more for my year two students towards the end of the year, now I'm starting to kind of touch a little bit on fluency with my students. If they're not reading fluently, I'm not trying to get them to read faster or to you know decode faster, whatever it might be. Instead, if they're not reading fluently, I'm starting to look at, you know, where is that breakdown happening? Um, is it their 
blending skills? Is it their alphabetic knowledge? Where is the breakdown happening for them? Maybe it's the vocabulary so that I can target those skills in my either whole group or small group instruction so that I can get my student to be a fluent reader. I'm not necessarily like, hey, read faster. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. How can we get this kid to read faster? Because they might start reading faster, but they might not be able to comprehend what they're reading because they're not actually reading the words on the page or just reading as fast as they can. So we really want to make sure that we are not targeting fluency. Instead, we're targeting those other key skills that students need to be able to read. One of my questions for you, and this will depend, I, I'm assuming, on what grades you teach, um, like where you are located and all those kinds of things. I've never assessed fluency with my students. Like I've never timed my kids reading a book and then counted like how many words they've read correctly or how many words per minute they can read or anything like that. Um, I don't necessarily assess fluency and I don't have I've ne I've just went to a professional development this week on um, structured literacy instruction and they gave us a bunch of assessments that we can do with our students around um, blend, blend blending and segmenting skills as well as uh, letter sound knowledge but there was nothing no assessment around fluency given to me about that so I'm wondering, is this the norm for people? Do you ever assess fluency with your students? If you do assess fluency, is it because, you know, somebody is telling you has to you have to assess fluency or maybe you teach an older grade where I think it would be more appropriate? I'm not an expert, but do you assess fluency with your students? I definitely wouldn't be assessing fluency with my EL students. That would not be something that I would be doing. Instead, um, I teach the skills that students need to become fluent readers and I assess those skills, but I've never timed students when they are reading. One of the things that this chapter talks about as well is prosody. I'm assuming I'm saying that right, prosody. Um, that's one of the words that I think I've read a lot, but I've never probably said it out loud. So if I'm mispronouncing that, please correct me, but also that's okay. Um, so uh, even though I'd heard of prosody before and I've read about it, but I've never really thought about it again in the context of a kindergarten classroom, even though it is an important kind of not a skill, but something that we can start teaching our students about. So prosody is about phrasing, adherence to sentence, word structure, and, and expressiveness. And they do go into what each of those uh, components is about starting on page 107. But one of the things that they talk about as well is which level students might be at. And my a lot of my students, I'm going to say, especially my EL students would definitely be at the level one where they're reading word by word. Um, Sometimes if it's like a string of words in a decodable text with like some high frequency words that they've encountered a lot or maybe a, a CVC word that they've encountered a lot, they might be able to group a few words together. But most of my students are not at um, whole sentence reading yet. Um, some of them are getting there. I'm very impressed with my students this year. They're working really hard on their, on their reading abilities. But my EL students that I have would definitely be on the word by word level. So we're looking really at level one students when we're talking about prosody in um, my kindergarten classroom. And so I might have some, I, I might have like one or two students that are like, 
exceptional readers, you know, those kids that just somehow reading just clicks in their brain and they're just able to read without needing a whole bunch of instruction have some level three or four students there but definitely my EL students are at a level one where they're just starting to be able to decode words we're still working on the vocabulary of these words so that they have an understanding of what they're reading so when I was reading the section about prosody um, I thought about like what am I currently doing in the classroom to help my students um, because you know phrasing again when we're talking about phrasing and putting more than like a few words together in a group and like reading a sentence um, fluently, you know, that's just going to come while we build the skills needed to be able to become readers. You know, pacing, I'm not working on pacing with my students. They're not, they're probably reading too slow at this point, definitely. Um, they're probably not reading too fast, but they're reading too slow. But you know, the, that the foundational skills that are needed to be able to become to read at a proper pace are not quite there yet. Um, the self-correction, I was finding that students are starting to self-correct a lot when they're reading, when they're reading a word and like, oh, that doesn't make sense. And they're going back and trying again. That is starting to happen, which is really nice to see. But one of the things I definitely do find myself uh, teaching and working with my students on is expression. So the tone, the pitch, the volume that they're using uh, while they're reading. And this is especially taught through, you know, the use of punctuation marks. So I often talk about the difference between a period, a question and an exclamation mark. And what I'll do um, is model that a lot for my students. So if I see an exclamation mark at the end of a sentence, let's say it's like, um, we're reading a sentence, I like to go to the park, and then there's an exclamation mark at the end. I'll I'll read it the three different ways. Like, oh, should I say it? Like, if there's an exclamation mark at the end, I'll ask them. Should I, If there's an exclamation mark there, how should I be reading it? Should I say, I like to go to the park? Or should it sound like this? I like to go to the park? Or should it be, I like to go to the park? And I verbally like tell like express the different ways that I could read that sentence and then they have to tell me which way I should read it and then give their explanation as to why I should read it as well which I think is starting to model that for them and even when we're reading some decodable books and they have exclamation marks I'll let them read it um, usually on the second reading, we read the books two or three times each. On the second reading, I'll let them just read the sentence and then I'll say, hey, what do you notice about this sentence? And they'll usually be able to point out, you know, there's an exclamation mark at the end. And I'm like, okay, then how should that sentence sound? And then they go back and they read it again. And this time I hope to hear it with some more expression um, if it's an exclamation mark. And they're starting to really get it. So really explicitly teaching that skill is really important. And for my EL students in that whole group setting, really pushing what the different punctuation marks mean for them and what they sound like so that they're starting to get that understanding as well. Um, I was also thinking like, as far as prosody, my EL students that are really just starting to read, like, I don't know if I would want to give them whole sentences either that might just get so overwhelming for them. But um, and so reading at the word, just the word level right now might just be enough. But then having the whole group experiences of reading sentences with different expressions and really talking about um, the ways that the, the sentences are structured is probably good enough for them right now. I could be totally wrong. <laughs> this is so far my experience and my um, 
thoughts when I am reading this book. But yeah, I want to know for fluency. Um, this is will be the question in the forum that I will link in the show notes for you. Every podcast episode of the book club podcast at the end, there is a question for you over in my forum on my blog. Um, where I'm hoping that we get to interact and you can answer these questions and we can gain an understanding of how other educators are working uh, on structured literacy instruction in their classroom with early um, early (laughs) English language learners. And so my question for you is, do you assess fluency or prosody in your classroom? If you teach, what grade do you teach? Where do you teach? Like what assessments do you use to do that? And do you think it's effective? Like, do you think having a fluency... Um, assessment is effective or would it be more effective to assess you know those other key skills that students need like phonological awareness and letter sound knowledge would that be more effective I'm really interested in learning more about that but again thank you so much for joining me for the book club podcast episode this was chapter six and I am excited to jump into chapter seven with you next week